Welcome to the November issue of Life in the Tax Lane. The November? Whatever that is. I'm pretty creative. I like making up words. So sue me. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Katie, today we've got a really good list of items to talk about here. It's gonna be funner than your November. Funner, you like making up words too. But Joe, I gotta tell you, I'm feeling sure. a little bit off today. What's up? Oh, lonely, you mean? Yeah. Hugh's, well, you too. Yeah, Hugh's not here today, but don't worry, he'll be back next month. He's off across the country, ton of meetings, fancy dancing across Gallivanting the on his pony. First tax, <laughs> pony, okay, first tax item of today. Let's talk about CRA verification activity, Katie. Absolutely, a new flavor at the CRA, and the concept is, if you're a corporation, you file your tax returns, you disclose the different type of expenses you're incurring. And uh, CRA has identified a few of those categories of expenses and they want more details. Mm -hmm. So they've been sending letters out and they have said, for example, if you've claimed, say, professional fees, mm -hmm. we want the details, we want the invoices, uh, we want further details on the type of professional fees you are claiming. So I guess that's the concept here. They're, you know, focusing on a specific area, yeah. sending out tons of letters, seeing how it's going to go, assessing. And you, you mentioned professional fees. That's what we had last year, a bit of that this year. But the focus has now turned to travel expenses. Yeah. So we're, we're seeing a lot of verification there. So just Making be aware. Making sure that travel expenses are reasonable. There's no personal component. Yeah. So lots of uh, questions out there, new flavors. So if you haven't got the letter... Don't be surprised if you do in the next little while. Katie, let's move on to CPP survivor benefits. So you've got, let's say, a married couple, one passes away. The, the surviving spouse could get a CPP survivor benefit. Now, um, there was an article written on advisor.ca by Leah Coive. Really great article. Covers some very interesting items and things you need to know about it. Can I just mention a few here, Katie? I'd love to hear about it. First one, a common law partner's claim takes precedence over that of a person to whom the contributor was married at death. So, you know, let's say you got two 70-year-olds and they've got a breakdown in relationship at the age of 65, 66, different areas, and now the one 70-year-old gets into a common-law relationship with another person. Now, that doesn't just mean friends. They have to be... Tell Close. us more, no. Joe. Friends with benefits? Is that good enough? Exactly. Friends with benefit. <laughs> a survivor disability benefit. <laughs> no, the, yeah, the, the whole concept here is if they get into a marriage-like relationship, even if they're not officially married, it is that new person who is going to be able to claim the survivor benefit if that, if, if that one person passes away, not the person to whom they are married. And there are some forms that need to be filled yeah. out in that scenario. A couple other interesting points here, Caitlin. Uh, if there's not at least a one-year life expectancy at the time of marriage, so, you know, if you're, let's say, in a nursing home and you get into a relationship with somebody there, and, it, and it's a common-law relationship, but if at the time you enter into this relationship the other person's expected to live less than a year, then no, you're not, you cannot get the disability mm. benefit there. So, uh... I'm trying to bite my tongue so I don't make any comments, Joe. <laughs> I'm doing a great job. Were you going to say something about the person who goes to the nursing home just to find somebody to... I'm just saying this is not a planning thing you okay. should be thinking about. Well, anyways, uh, be aware of that. If you have, for example, uh, a widow for the second time, so they're in a relationship, getting a survivor benefit, 
get into a relationship with somebody else later and that person passes away, no, you don't get two survivor benefits. You only get the higher benefit between the two persons there. So now, Joe, let me just toss this question to you. Sure. Uh, we know we can get CPP survivor benefit and we know we can get other types of CPP payments, CPP retirement benefits. So just the regular CPP? Yeah, okay. yeah this is the regular CPP retirement benefit. So say um, I've retired, I'm getting my CPP retirement benefit, I've maxed out my retirement benefit, and unfortunately my spouse passes away. Right. Can I get kind of a top-up on that maximum well, retirement benefit thanks to the, the spouse that has passed? That's, that's a good question, Katie. And uh, no, I mean what the survivor benefit really does is it tops up the amount you're going to get uh, as your normal retirement benefit until you hit the max, the personal max that you do have. So if, you're, if you fully contribute and you're already getting the top amount, the death of your spouse will not increase the amount you're going to yeah. get on a go-forward basis. I guess maybe a planning possibility could be uh -huh. um, if you are making the application to get CPP, maybe you get it a few years early, you get that lower amount, but then when your spouse passes away, you get that topped-up benefit. So if things hmm. aren't looking good for your spouse, you know, maybe think about that. Okay, well, um, yeah, so, so there's a number of considerations. One other uh, point I wanted to make here, Caitlin, uh, we're talking about different ages, and let's say you've got somebody who's 55 and they're married to a 33-year-old, for Ooh. example. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make any comments on the age gap, but if that 55-year-old passes away, can the 34-year-old get a survivor benefit for them? And there are certain restrictions. You've got to be at least 35 years old in order to get it. And there are, are some other uh, concepts, too, here. Um, I guess the point is keep them plugged in and have your vitamins. Take your <laughs> vitamins every day, drink lots of water, and get exercise. Yeah, that's Until right. Until your spouse is 35, then all bets are off. Wow, Katie. <clears throat> that's very blunt. Good for you. All right. Uh, so let's step away from survivor benefits for a moment, and let's talk about management fees. Yeah, yeah. So the concept <clears throat> is, say you have a situation where you have one corporation that's really, really profitable. If mm -hmm. you're profitable, you're paying taxes in that <clears throat> corporation, yeah. likely. Uh, and you have another corporation, for whatever reason, it's not profitable. Uh -huh. It's losing money left, right, and center. So what we might want to do is try and figure out how we can get some of that money from the Profico into the loss coast. So there are planning possibilities where you can have that loss corporation providing legitimate real services to the profit corporation and therefore charging a management fee. So you get revenues and loss codes. From the other? Yeah, and you can get expenses offsetting that income in profit co. So you kind of uh, can absorb some of the losses in loss co. It sounds pretty great. And we do have that opportunity. However, we need to be making sure that services are actually really being provided by loss co. And we have a tax court of Canada decision where their services were not provided. Uh, the, um, those intercorporate management fees were denied and we had gross negligence penalties assessed. So the takeaway here is anytime you have management fees, management services, we got to make sure they're real. Yeah, this is not a willy-nilly type of a thing here. And uh, even if you just start management fees up in the year where you've got losses, even that uh, can cause problems yeah. for you. So there are a lot of details there. You have to be very careful, you know, with, with management fees. Yeah. 
Katie, let's talk about a different type of management fees Alrighty. with your investment account. So you've got, uh, let's say you've got an RSP or a TFSA or a RIF, what are those special tax accounts there? And in the past, maybe the investment, the broker fees, the management fees aren't paid directly out of that account. Maybe they're paid from you personally and, and you might be doing that so that you can keep more wealth there and it can keep growing tax-free. Very, so that very might, common. Yeah, so that might be the concept. Well, there's been an opinion from CRA that basically uh, those fees paid over here would be an advantage. You're, you're, you're getting an advantage. And the problem is, if you're getting an advantage, there is a 100% tax you have to pay with respect to that. Um, so January 1, 2018 going forward, CRA has said that they're going to start um, uh, assessing these big taxes in those scenarios. And uh, just most recently, they've said we're actually going to push it back for a year to January 1, 2019. So anytime this type of activity is happening, you have to be aware changes might be required. Yeah, we're going to see that. If you're in the investment industry as an advisor, you've got to be really careful about uh, who is paying those fees. 2019 going forward, we have a few more kicks at the can under the old rules. Caitlin, let's talk briefly about Facebook. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily a tax concept, but it's something we should be thinking about uh, when we are doing our estate planning. Many of us have wills, many of us have done tax planning, but have we thought about the social media profile and presence that we have. And the concept here is, as an example, if you are on Facebook, there is proactive steps you can take such that when you do pass away, your online presence is being taken care of. Yeah, essentially you set up a legacy representative. There's an option in Facebook so that they can manage your account afterwards. Yep. One final comment here, U.S. tax. We've got a proposal from the Trump administration to drop corporate taxes from 35% to 20%, reduction in personal tax rates, and a number of other different items too. So we got to keep our eye on the ball when it comes to the United States. A lot of changes. That's all we have this month for Life in the Tax Lane. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we're looking forward to next month. Life in the Tax Lane is presented by Video Tax News. The Video Tax News team has been supplying practical tax information to accountants and tax professionals for over 30 years. This Canadian-based company presents live and video seminars to thousands of tax professionals relating to both personal and corporate tax. Learn more at videotax.com. That's B-I-D-E-O-T-A-X dot com. The preceding information is for general educational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2017. All rights reserved.